Hello and welcome to Adventures in Venueland, an EAMC podcast. This is your all-access pass to go backstage and behind the scenes with some of the brightest minds that cross the scope of the live entertainment industry. I'm Dave Rettelberger. And I'm Paul Hooper. We'll introduce you to some of our favorite people as we dive deep into the world of live touring shows and the venues that host them. Our adventure today takes us to Tulsa. Yeah, it's Tulsa time here in Adventures in Venue Land as we check in with the Director of Marketing at the BOK Center, Megan Blood. Megan, how you doing? I'm great. How are you, Dave? Doing good. You know, Paul and I are uh, always very excited to chat with you. It's been a while. But, you know, one of the things that well, – let me just ask this right off the bat because as long as I've known you, never asked this question. You know, I have a last name like Rettelberger where people always kind of get intimidated by the long – you've got a word that everybody recognizes – Megan Blood, right? It's such great branding. How did you feel about your name growing up? Such branding. Um, it actually is not my name growing up. So Doyle was my maiden name growing up. That's right. That's right. So Blood is my married name. Um, but I get I get interesting reactions all the time. They're like, is that really your last name? Or I'll get, that is amazing. I mean, it's it's all over it gives the spectrum. You some, like toughness, you know. Your last name is Blood. It's very uh, intimidating whenever you need to uh, wield that. Yeah, don't mess with me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you've been uh, there in Tulsa, and for the folks who haven't been to the BOK Center, right? You guys are uh, in a lot of ways. I know you always strive to be industry leaders there in, in Tulsa, and uh, just an amazing amazing, beautiful building in the uh, the center of downtown. So tell us about the BOK Center in 2022 as we're, you know, heading into 23. Yeah, it's been, it's been crazy. Um, 2022, we like to call it the year of the comeback. I feel like we called 2021 the year of the comeback, kind of coming mm -hmm. out of COVID, but I definitely feel like 2022 um, is the year of the comeback, especially in Tulsa. Um, we've set all kinds of records this year, which is exciting. Um, this was our 14th year being open as a venue. So actually in 2023, coming up very quickly, we'll be celebrating our 15th anniversary. But yeah, we've been doing all kinds of fun things. Um, we've had lots of big shows. Um, the Eagles, we set a highest grossing uh, record um, for that show. We had 10 events in 13 days in March, which was just kind of a whirlwind of a time. So. Definitely been staying busy. So for folks who haven't haven't been to the the BOK Center, uh, tell us about your you know your place in the market, you know your tenants and that kind of fun stuff. Yep. So we have a minor league hockey team, the Tulsa Oilers, an ECHL team, and then we actually this coming spring we will have an indoor football team Ooh. coming into the building. We've had an indoor football team um, in the past before I worked there. But this will be the first time that I've worked there that we have an indoor football team. I'm so excited about that. See what that can bring to the, the building. Obviously, Oklahoma as a whole, I feel like, is a pretty big football state. So I bet we'll get some uh, pretty good traffic on those games. Yeah. And then just Tulsa in general. I mean, like I said, BOK Center has been open for almost 15 years, which is honestly really hard to believe. But the BOK Center has kind of brought downtown alive. Um, for those of you that don't know Tulsa, 
before the BOK Center opened downtown, there really wasn't much down there. And there were kind of a ton of naysayers when the building was being built in 2008. Like, who's going who's gonna to go to a concert in downtown Tulsa? Why are they spending this money? But ever since the building opened, we kind of just haven't stopped and have been bringing in great content. And I feel like the public has kind of changed their mind a little bit. I think it is one of those classic examples of sort of injecting energy into a downtown because I remember when we were there for the conference, which I can't remember which year that was, maybe 2017, something, one of those years-ish. It is, Tulsa seems like one of those cities that has these really strong like districts kind of around the edges where you do have these pockets of like restaurants and places where people hang out, but but it's hard to imagine the downtown without the BOK Center or, you know, it sounds like what you described it as, you know, it would be a very business heavy district where, you know, without that kind of big pillar kind of of the arena down there, you know, people would just kind of be coming in to go to work and then commuting out. So I think it 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 is like a great example of really injecting some life into downtown and I'm sure some some businesses like bars and stuff really needed it and appreciated it. And probably a lot of new restaurants and bars opened up because of it too. Oh, tons. Yeah. I mean, even since I um, started there nine years ago, I mean, the amount of new businesses that have opened, it's just tripled, you know, it's, it's really been great for, for downtown as a whole. Yeah. You're getting ready to celebrate your 10 year anniversary, right? 15. No, but for you personally. Oh, Yes. So I just hit nine. So about next October will be 10. Yeah, right. Not too far away. Time flies when you're having fun. (laughs) That's one word for it. That's (laughs) one word for it. Hey, you know what? I mean, here's one of the one of the things that I, you know, loved about the BOK Center and and Tulsa. And by the way, it was 2017. Uh, I found my badge. I found my badge hanging here on the wall. That was quick. Uh, uh, 2017 when we did the conference out there is that, you know, you guys have always strived, you know, it's. I don't want to say it's, uh, you know, a tour is always going to play New York. It's always going to play L.A. But, you know, I know that the the management team at BOK over the years has always really strived to kind of make sure that Tulsa becomes a market that you don't want to miss. And you guys have done some great, uh, I think, experiential stuff is probably the best way to put it. Uh, so let's talk about some of the some of the stuff that, you know, you have always going on backstage uh, you know, because you have some some cool little spaces and, and things you like to do for, for the artists and the tours when they come through Tulsa to make sure, you know, you guys are remembered. Yes. Um, and that that really is the key word that you just mentioned, Dave, to make sure that we're remembered. Kind of like you said, people don't have to come to Tulsa, right? Um, there's so many other places that they could go as they're driving to the bigger markets. Um, so we kind of are in a unique position where we have to make people want to come to Tulsa, right? We want people leaving Tulsa saying, I can't wait to come back. And that's, that's kind of what we've done. Um, when I actually, this, this kind of all came about in 2019, we've always kind of done, um, experiential stuff, but at some point in 2019, it really elevated itself. And funny enough, I was out on maternity leave in 2019. This is why I remember this. And when I came back um, to work, I took 12 weeks off. And when I came back to work, I almost essentially had a brand new team working for me. Our general manager, Casey Sparks at the time, had pulled some other people into my department, which was great. It worked out great in my favor. But 
we added a new brand manager at the time and there were a few other people that kind of shifted around positions. So I, all of a sudden, my team doubled in size. So that was great. So we really could focus on doing these experiential things. And I think one of the first ones we really dove into at that time was Jonas Brothers. And then it kind of just took off from there. But it's it's been a lot of fun. I would say one of the some of the bigger ones we've done recently are Machine Gun Kelly, um, Post Malone. Yeah, talk about talk about Machine Gun Kelly. Tell us about what you did there. Um, so Machine Gun Kelly was a lot of fun. Um we we get a lot of our inspiration from Instagram, right? So we are like constantly, we are literally researching the crap out of these artists. Like if we don't know everything about them, we haven't done our job, right? So it just so happened a couple months before his show in Tulsa, he had gotten a new cat, which I don't know if anyone knows Machine Gun Kelly well, but he is obsessed with this cat. This cat is named Whiskey. And it it was almost like too easy, honestly. It was a very low hanging fruit. And I was like, I had been seeing him going around to all these other venues and no one was doing anything for his cat. I was like, this is almost too good to be true. So I was like, well, let's, let's do this whole thing for his cat. We literally, we did a wall wrap backstage and said, welcome to Tulsa whiskey really big. And then in small letters, we did an MGK kind of like nice. <laughs> really focusing on his cat because I love, that. love it. And then we, I don't even know where the idea came from, um, but we bought a cat tower in the form of a spaceship and decked nice. it out with LED lights and wrapped it and everything. And he ended up taking the cat tower with him on his tour bus and like, just he kept posting about it everywhere he would go. So that was definitely a lot of fun. You guys also did something cool for Post Malone too, right? Yes. Yeah, so Post Malone was probably the most recent one we did. That one almost, that one almost killed me. It was too much work. Um, <laughs> sometimes tell, I'm like, why tell. do we do this to ourselves? Why? Um, <laughs> again, one of these things, I'm just like, I have no idea where this idea came from, but here we are. Let's let's go for it, team. We turned the backstage space into for lack of better words, a gas station. And if you're familiar with Texas at all, where he's from, um, you're familiar with the gas station Bucky's, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we decided to brand a posties gas station. Um, and literally, I literally went to Dallas one weekend and bought a bunch of food from Bucky's and we rebranded it. You actually made the trip. Well, I have family in Dallas, so it was okay. All right. <laughs> I'm still impressed. Yes. So I loaded up all the people in Bucky's thought I was actually crazy. And then we made merch and all we made t-shirts, hats, beanies, stickers, um, and all the things. So that was another fun one. And honestly, I've never seen a tour go as crazy over something as this tour did. I mean, they, they took it all within like an hour. I was like, you weren't you weren't supposed to take it that fast, but I'm glad they loved it. I, I think you bring up an interesting point, which I think is really funny and something that I think about when I see some of these amazing, elaborate welcomes, gifts, whatever, but about sort of setting the bar even higher and pushing it higher. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, why do we do this? But then that becomes the new normal. And then it kind of challenges you. So I'm sure it on some aspects, you're sort of like, oh, my gosh, we just shot ourselves in the foot because now every promoter and every tour is going to want something on that level. 
But then it's also got to be from like a career and personal development side. Nice because you're working in this industry that is going to challenge you. Like you are setting the bar at a certain height and then it's going to push you to keep going further. And while it might mean some sleepless nights probably and a lot of crazy hours, it's also kind of refreshing that if you like speaking for myself, someone that is kind of have this like innovate or die mentality. Like you kind of like get this uh, thrill out of doing something that no one else has done. It's like, this is a perfect industry for that because it's, you know, you can stand out by doing these crazy things like, you know, recreating a Bucky's in a backstage. And, and that sounds crazy to anyone else, but you know, it makes a huge difference with the tour. And it also makes hopefully a difference with routing the tour, you know, where they're like, that was amazing. Let's bring another show there. Cause they're going to get that same hospitality. Absolutely. And yeah, you, you nailed it, Paul. I mean, that's, that's exactly why we do this stuff because like we talked about, people don't have to come to Tulsa, but at the end of the day, we want them leaving Tulsa saying, I can't wait to come back. Um, and when we get emails from the agents or promoters, you know, specifically saying, Colson, who's MGK, had a, such a great time in Tulsa and like loved the fact that they did so much for his cat. Like when an artist is saying these things, that is what makes it all so worth it. And when, you know, the tour members are backstage being like, oh, we were so excited to come back here. You, you guys are always doing such awesome stuff. Like you're always our favorite stop. Like that literally makes it worth it every single time. So let me let me ask you this, though. Because, you know, I follow, you know, I follow a lot of venues on, on social and like and see what everybody's doing. So you're planning something big for one of these artists and they go on tour and you start seeing some of your friends in other cities posting, you know, what they did backstage. And you know what you're working on. Is there any part of you that's terrified that somebody's going to jump your idea? Because every city is now, you know, researching Instagram and read, you know, reading all the stuff about the artist to find out that that one funky thing that they like that they can highlight. And, you know, you've obviously come up with some really neat ideas, but are, is there any part of you that's terrified that somebody steals your idea or does the same thing right before you? Yeah, every time. <laughs> because that's why we're all doing it, right, is to get the most, you know, views on Instagram and get an artist to repost it. I mean, that's probably one of the main reasons, you know, we're doing it most of the time. But yeah, that definitely could obviously happen. Like, I, I feel like I saw two venues give MGK uh, lightsabers. So it's like the poor people that had to give it to him afterwards, just like a complete I flip, know. Right? <laughs> That's the worst too. I remember uh, doing something when I was at the arena here, doing something for Welcome for One Tour and we did it and no one had done it before, but then I saw like one or two other markets do it later. And I'm like, I don't know if they're copying off us or I don't know if they've already had that in plan for two or three months. But of course it's like, and I've been on the other side of it. It's like, you're like, oh my God, now we're the second person to give them this, whatever it is, custom something. And then you're like, uh, or I guess a good question is, have you ever, have you ever had to like adjust where you're like seeing someone else do it and you're like, all right, we need to bump it up. Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't think we've ever like done the same gift as somebody else. <laughs> Probably... <laughs> This is kind of different, but one of the more embarrassing things that, that has ever happened to us, um, I think it was Gabby Barrett. It was fairly recently, too. Uh, she was opening for Jason Aldean, and we have been starting to, like, kind of wrap champagne bottles customly, 
Um, and we did a really cool one, like had her face on it and like matched her to our artwork and stuff. And we gifted her like this custom champagne. And she was like, oh, thanks. I'll have to drink it after I have the baby. And I was like, <laughs> oh, oh, so she's pregnant. I'm not sure how we missed that. But I, I totally played it off. I was like, yeah, that's exactly, you know, we want that's you to exactly celebrate. That's exactly what we had in mind. Yeah. You celebrate the toast. Or after the baby in the hospital room. Yeah. As, as you mentioned, Jason Aldean, not to call him out, but I remember we gave him this gift one time and it was like a custom turkey call. And it was where you like rub this wood that's got rosin on it or something together. Our GM gave it to him and he's like, what is this? And we're like, oh, it's a, don't you hunt? He's like, yeah, I hunt all the time. He's like, it's a turkey call. And he's like, oh, I just use an app on my phone. And we're like, oh, well, now you don't have to. (laughs) Um, Yeah, just sometimes, you know, things just don't work out and that's You never know. Yeah. But that's why you do all that research. You know, you try to like, you do what you can. And then after that, you know, ultimately you're just kind of rolling the dice. Yeah. And it's funny, Paul, you were talking about, you know, all coming up with these crazy ideas. Um, And if my husband's listening to this, he'll probably kill me. But he made a I was talking to him about the Post Malone stuff we were doing. And he was like, man, who comes up with all these ideas? That is so cool. And I literally stared at him and I was like, are you kidding right now? (laughs) You know what I do for a living? (laughs) Who does this? Right. Yeah. Who does these things? I was like, oh boy, I'm in trouble. Uh, so uh, you've mentioned your husband a, a couple times here. So let's give him the official shout out. Uh, How did you guys meet? How long have you been married? Um, we actually just celebrated our sixth wedding anniversary. And we actually met just through mutual friends. So we've known each other for about 11 years now. He's a, he's a local to Tulsa. So he's been here his whole life. And how about on the kid's side? Um, we have one daughter, Riley. She's three and a half going on 13. (laughs) (laughs) Any pets roam around the house? Uh, Just one dog, Max. He's about 13 now. What kind of dog? He's a Jack Russell. All right. He sleeps all day. So you got an active house though. Yes. Yes. Not much time for anything other than, you know, working and running around and chasing a toddler. Yeah. Let's let's take you back to a simpler time. Uh, (laughs) You know, it's the, the, what, uh, 2006, you enroll at the uh, University of Oklahoma. Uh, did you know right away that what you wanted to do? At what point did it become, you know, focused on on the live event side of things? Um, honestly, in college, I had no idea that the live event industry even existed, if I'm being honest. Yeah, sure. Um, I yeah. majored in advertising. And quite frankly, the only reason I majored in advertising is because I didn't want to major in marketing because then I would have had to go through the business college and take more math classes and more economics classes. So I chose the easier route to go through the journalism college and it worked out great. <laughs> yeah, so you you know you graduate and you you kind of spent some time. Well, your, your first gig out of college is what? You were an assistant broadcast negotiator. Yes, yeah, so I graduated from OU in 2010 and moved back to Dallas because that's where I'm originally from um, and worked for an advertising agency doing uh, media buying and planning. Um, and then fast forward about a year and a half, two years later, um, moved to Tulsa, um, to work for a different ad agency at the time. And then when I was about, I think it was like 2011, 2012, I was 24 years old and got laid off from my job. 
which never, never would have seen that coming um, in a million years. But it ended up being um, one of the best things that ever happened to me because that's how I ended up working for BOK Center. So you're, you're laid off. And then how, how does this opening come your way? Honestly, I was applying for every job under the sun. And um, this, this, uh, I started as a marketing manager and it just, it honestly, it worked out great because that was what my background was in and they had an opening and it was pretty quick and seamless. And I've loved the industry ever since. Yeah, your time as a media planner buyer had to be a big a big asset coming into the job. Not a lot of people have that experience kind of before they get into this business. Yeah, um, it definitely did. I mean, shout out to all the marketing managers out there that place all the the media buys for shows. It it definitely um, I mean, it's it's not rocket science, right? But it definitely takes a certain sort of skill to be able to figure all this stuff out sometimes. And it's it really is a lot about relationships too. Um, being able to call on, you know, those media reps when you have a thousand dollars to spend in 24 hours because the promoter, you know, did their budgets wrong or something. So um, it definitely was a skill that helped me get into the industry. And now, um, you know, fast forward, however many years, eight years, and now I've been the director of marketing since 2015. Yeah. How'd you make that leap from, you know, marketing manager to director of marketing? So I think it like I said, it was about 2015. Um, my boss at the time, she left for a different opportunity. And it just so happened to be the, about the middle of our seven Garth Brooks shows back in 2015. Of course. <laughs> oh, I remember so that That was a fun one. Um, so made it through that and then uh, was able to get promoted from there. So and shortly after that, you were named uh, part of IAVM's uh, 30 Under 30. Yeah. Seems like a lifetime ago for some reason. <laughs> I remember being under 30. That was a good ride. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> what um what is it about Tulsa for you, Megan? You mentioned that you switched from Dallas to Tulsa before you were in the industry and went from one advertising agency to the other. You know, what brought you back? Was it that you had been there, you know, when you were in college in Oklahoma? Did you have some friends? You know, what is what has kind of drawn you and kept you in that city? I, I knew you were going to ask this question and I always hate answering this question. I actually moved to Tulsa <laughs> at the time for my boyfriend that I was dating, who was that not was a good my move. current husband. <laughs> um, okay. Right. Hey, he's lucky that I, that I moved here for that. Um, yeah. So I moved here for a guy. Um, and then I actually did have some friends here too, from that I had met at OU. Um, so that was obviously helpful. Um, but obviously that, that relationship did not work out. And then a couple years later I met my husband, but no, uh, Tulsa, I really do love it here. Like I said, I grew up in Dallas. Um, and I, I have still have a lot of family in Dallas. So I go back there quite a bit, but every time I go back, I just honestly can't wait to get back to Tulsa. I love it there. There's so much to do, but the traffic's crazy. Just anywhere you want to go, it takes 45 minutes and everything's just more expensive to live there. Um, Tulsa is just the perfect little, little small town. If I'm driving more than 15 minutes to get anywhere, it's, it's too far. <laughs> I think my commute from my house to the venue, uh, is like six minutes. So it's honestly great. I love it here. It's got a lot of fun, little quirky things with the city too, that I think it, the city itself embraces. Like I remember going to Tulsa tough when I was there and, 
that's just a crazy experience. <laughs> crazy yeah. high speed bike race around a neighborhood and down this wild hill, which is basically the world's largest frat party. So, I mean, it's, it's, I think that's got to be something that you've, you know, fallen in love with is just sort of what makes Tulsa, Tulsa, you know, there's just, there's a lot going on and it is Tulsa time. And it is, I think it's bled into the venue and that you sort of embrace that you all are different than everyone else. And that's, that's a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think another thing that's cool about Tulsa is, I mean, just the live music here is, is so big. I mean, we have Kane's ballroom, which is probably, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but 2,500 capacity, um, standing room only. And honestly, some of the biggest names that you never would have guessed have, have come through there. Um, and it's cool because, you know, when they're, when they're smaller and not as, as well known, they'll start at Kane's. And then they'll go play Brady Theater or one of the casinos in town. And then if they're still doing well, then they hopefully end up at BOK Center. So that's and there's been several artists that have done all three, which is really cool. Yeah, we're actually doing a fun project right now. So we're celebrating our 15th anniversary next year. And then Kane's Ballroom in 2024 is turning 100. Wow. Oh, wow. That's crazy. So. Our project right now is we have a production office on the event level downstairs that all the tours go in, you know, when they come in, they just set up their laptops and stuff in there. And it, it's just, just ugly room with ugly colored walls and ugly carpet. We decided to, I think it was a few years ago, Kane's ballroom ripped out their original floor, right. And replaced it with brand new hardwood floors. So we knew that this hardwood floor was, was just sitting around in storage. And again, one of those things, we just got a wild idea and ran with it. We took the hardwood floor that they had ripped up and we put it down in this production office and then kind of recreated a neon sign and a disco ball in the ceiling that they have there. Um, so we've turned it into the Canes Ballroom production office. And That's it's so cool, cool because a lot of these tours have been to Canes, right? Yeah, so it's like a little callback. Wow, this is, you know, this is cool. So it's kind of like our homage to them. Do you all still have the uh, the speakeasy there too? We the do still have the speakeasy that we shall not speak of. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a speakeasy. Well, it's very cool. I won't I won't give away the secrets, but we saw it and there's it's an extremely cool. unique entrance to it, which is <laughs> wonderful. Uh, but I think that's just part of it that, and like so many murals back of house. And I think that's something I feel like I saw in Tulsa first, maybe before, or at least before I'd seen it elsewhere is, you know, people were focusing on some different welcome stuff. That's very temporary and clings and whatnot, but to install and invest in these really awesome murals that stay there for all the tours, but really to make them almost these posable pieces that, you know, any given artist comes in, they're going to want to like take a picture of it and tell people where they are on social. I think that's such an amazing thing. And, and, and you all have multiples of them, right? And you switch them out every so often. Yeah. Um, what do we like to call it? We like to call it 360 degree marketing. So these cool pieces are backstage that, like you said, the tours are going to take pictures with um, when they're in town and tag us. And then, you know, other people that are in the industry are going to see it and be like, yeah, that, like they're going to remember Tulsa that because they're going to have been there and seen the same murals and stuff. So we're just trying to make everything 
super memorable. But yeah, we have tons of murals backstage. Um, one of my favorite is a, a a wall wrap kind of, I guess it is. It says, if you're here, you're awesome. And the number of you know artists that have taken pictures in front of it. I know for sure Celine Dion's done it. There's been several others. One of our newest ones is, you've probably seen it um, posted. We got these like six foot tall marquee letters that say, welcome to Tulsa. And it's the literally the first thing you see when you walk in the loading dock. So yeah. uh, they're always shining bright when people walk in the building. You know, these tours, they, most of the time, all they're seeing of our city is within the venue walls, right? Right, the back of the house. Right. Yeah, so we just try to make it memorable for them and give them a, a feel for what Tulsa is actually like, even if they don't have the time to get out and explore the city. So Megan, before, you know, before we wrap things up, you know, I, I think it would be a disservice not to mention that, you know, you guys also do a lot of activations out on the concourse for the fans, you know, so you're, you're exhausting me just thinking about it, right? All the stuff <laughs> you guys do, right? <laughs> to be honest, my God, who's got this time, right? But talk to me about, you know, kind of that balance of what you're doing backstage versus, you know, what you're doing for the fans. And, and for those who haven't seen it, describe kind of like some of the stuff that you you guys do. Yeah, it, it is exhausting to even think about, Dave. <laughs> um, so one of the newer things we did, we built a three-sided room that we've been activating for different shows. A lot of the a lot of the stuff we do for the concourse activations is is going to be your bigger shows where we know it's going to be the right demographic, right, for something like this. We're not going to do something like this for an older audience that you're honestly not going to get the mileage out of. Obviously we want them to have a great time. We'll do something smaller, but if we're going to put our time and effort into this, you know, we want it to be able to kind of come to life on social media. Right. Sure. Um, so we built this three-sided room. Um, if you can kind of picture it and we just do different activations inside. So the first time we use it again, going back to MGK, we did a temporary tattoo studio inside of it. We had a local artist come out and paint like a cool portrait of MGK on the back. We put pink fur on the sides of the walls and we had a um, neon sign made that said Tulsa Inc. So it was just a great, you know, kind of Instagrammable moment for people and they could get their temporary tattoo at the same time. And then another one we just did with the same three-sided room was for Carrie Underwood, um, our local Okie girl. This one might have been one of the more ridiculous ones. Her tour, if you are aware, was Denim and Rhinestones, right? I, I, I know about this one, but go ahead. <laughs> so we did, we wanted to, you know, basically wallpaper the sides of the walls in denim. Okay. So who wants to just staple jeans up on the wall? We decided to cut out the back pockets. Well, how many pairs of jeans do you think? we had to buy from a thrift store to cover two eight by eight walls <laughs> should make this hundreds. a question yeah how many m&ms are in this jar <laughs> right it was probably about 500 pairs of jeans um and you know me and my team just sitting there cutting out the jeans and then you have to get them all up on the wall it took days it was so are we just gonna see a bunch of people walking around tulsa with the uh, pockets <laughs> missing out of the back is that like is that like a new national trend that accidentally was started in tulsa where people are cutting out the back pockets 
<laughs> yeah, kind of like uh, on Mean Girls when they cut out the T-shirt, right? Right. And so we actually, funnily enough, we uh, we donated them, of course. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the clothing store Madewell, but they um, accept donated jeans. Most of the time they give you money off of a new pair. Well, we ended up just donating all these jeans to them and they actually recycle them and turn them into insulation. Oh, what a guest. Who knew? So, fun fact for the day. Fun fact for the day. All <laughs> right. Hey, uh, before we let you go, I'm going to hit you with our fast five. It's five quick questions. Just looking for your instant response. First up, Megan, what was your very first concert? Um, Tim McGraw. How about your favorite concert? Oh, that is a really tough question. Um, probably Justin Timberlake. Do you have a favorite holiday song? Um, right now, the one I listen to all the time with my daughter is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> Prayers <laughs> for you. <laughs> it's a magical time. Uh, what was the last? What was the last TV show that you had the chance to binge a, as an adult? <laughs> um, Southern Charm. Well, last question. What's your theme song? TV cameras follow you all around. It's the uh, the the Megan Blood Show. Uh, what is the song that plays over the opening credits? It should be something intense for the Megan Blood Show with that last name, right? <laughs> um, I don't know. Probably just something fun that you can dance to, right? Shake it off, Taylor Swift. There you go. There you go. I was going to go with Rain and Blood, but I think you guys just. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, Megan, if, if people want to find you, uh, follow you on social or, you know, the uh, the arenas so they can see all the fun stuff that, that you're doing there, uh, uh, give the uh, give the plugs here. Um, well, if you want to reach out to me with any questions, uh, my email is mblood um, at asmtulsa.com. Um, and then just follow us on BOK Center Instagram and TikTok. I'm trying to get that TikTok to go viral, you know. Working, working on that over the weekend. That's the whole nother monster. I don't want to discuss that. I know. That's, a, that's another podcast we'll do. <laughs> hey, Megan, thank you so much for the time today. I know you're you're busy with all the uh, the crazy stuff you do there. And uh, thanks for making the time. Thanks for having me, guys. It was fun. Yeah. Big thanks to everybody for listening to this episode of Adventures in Venue Land. Remember, you can subscribe and find more episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We do love your five-star reviews, so you can help others find us. So do that if you haven't had a chance yet. Until the next adventure, I'm Dave Ruttleberger. And I'm Paul Hooper. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you Tulsa time. <laughs>